This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Fern Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation, here again today with another episode. Today, we're going to dive into some more uh, utility questions. In particular today, master metered electric. Uh, I'm going to cover five key areas, you know, key risks to include in your analysis with Master Metered Electric. And for those of you who don't know, Master Metered Electric, it's it's just like, you know, submetered water and basically, or at least bulk build water. And it's that if, there, if there's 10 mobile, home, mobile homes on your lot and they each use $100 of electric per, per month, you're going to get a bill for $1,000. It's your job to pay the $1,000 and you can just include it in rent. Uh, as is kind of common with a lot of RV parks, or you could submeter each unit, and you could say, "Oh, it's a hundred each," uh, or you could do it, you know, submeter via like a rubs system, ratio unit billing system, or you could actually bill back on actual uses. In which case, you need to get individual meters put on, and that's more of a problem because um, you're kind of in the middle of it, as opposed to the governmental entity. Uh, the utility provider, which sometimes is a city, sometimes is quasi-government, and sometimes even private, but regulated by government, and, and fairly heavily, heavily regulated, versus that entity just billing directly. So obviously, it's desirable to not be in the electricity game. You can't make a profit on it. There's there's risk, there's liability, there's headache, a lot of undesirable characteristics, uh, but that's that's the way some of these old properties are. So recently, I had, was asked a question by a client, you know, basically saying, look, I'm looking to buy in a master meter park. Is this a terrible idea or not? What are the, what are my concerns? And, you know, how would you value it relative to a typically metered electrical system where it's direct to build each of the tenants? So I wrote down, you know, five or so key, key risks, and I'm going to cover them here today. These risks are safety slash liability, number one. Number two is uh, conversion of the system. Number three is regulation. Number four is maintenance. And number five is impact on my valuation. So number one, I mean, obviously this is a non-traditional setup. And I mean, utility companies have been moving away from this more and more, you know, for decades. So why? Well, I mean, safety. Um, things can go wrong with a master metered system or with a particular one system something goes wrong on unit one it could it could impact unit two and sometimes there's a master switch sometimes there's master switches that are not locked or inaccessible to the to others so ultimately if somebody gets hurt because of this and you own the system you own the electrical system at least the supply lines are you gonna get sued you know are you gonna, are you gonna be at fault um, I think it's unlikely you're really at fault in many instances um, you know assuming is a you know, government system to some degree or something you had no wrongdoing but even if you're if you get sued in my mind you lose everybody loses in a lawsuit except for probably the lawyers um so just getting involved in a lawsuit is a mess so try to i try to avoid things that get me in lawsuits you know as far as can you protect yourself with insurance i mean you want to ask your insurance provider um 
in many instances, you, you're, you're covered by insurance from a liability perspective, but some insurance companies may refuse coverage under, under certain circumstances. Um, you know, if the utility lines are, you know, A, public, or B, you know, they fail due to, like, an act of God, you know, similar to some recent frozen pipe issues some of us have had, then many insurance companies are going to just refuse coverage. There's, does anybody really read the entire policy and read the exceptions and think of those and negotiate them? Uh, not really. It's pretty tough to do. So, ultimately, there is a safety concern and there's a potential liability concern associated with it. So, that's the key risk number one. Key risk number two is you know, conversion as forced by the government. I talked about this on a prior episode about like lagoon, lagoon sewer systems being forcibly uh, required to hook up to city services. Well, what about electric? Um, I've never owned master meter electric, so I, I can't say that I've felt the pain of this. But what, what if the city tries to make you um, convert? Who's going to pay for it? Um, what's that process look like? What if it's financially impractical? Like, for example, if you have a mobile home park worth $500,000 and the cost of the conversion is a million dollars, well, are they going to make an exception? Um, some people say, oh, well, you're grandfathered in. And that's probably true. And they're probably unlikely to force you to convert. But I'll tell you a, a horror story I had from back when I did single-family rentals. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday. It was on July 3rd, and my insurance company was a small family office and five or six people in there, and they all decided to take 4th of July week off and go down to the Lake of the Ozarks. Well, good for them, bad for me, because we had a horrible uh, rainstorm here in Kansas City on July 3rd, and a massive tree got hit by lightning or by wind or something, and it fell, and it broke, and it took off half my house uh, this is a rental house and it took off to hit the power lines and there were live power lines main lines all over the place it was a big safety hazard uh, luckily the utility provider came out and turned off the juice but it happened to rip the lines down it ripped down the, the riser which is a, a metal pole going vertically um, adjacent and attached to your house to provide to basically connect your house to the electrical line Okay, no big deal, right? Uh, we got the roof fixed, you know, tarped off. We ended up having to re-roof the whole house as a result of this, but we got the structure fixed, and it was time to turn the juice back on. And the utility company said, okay, all you need to do is install a new riser. I was like, okay, new electric riser, that's not that expensive. Uh, well, i got to call a licensed electrician for this, as I'll get into. But then it said, okay, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Oh, wait, in order to install a new riser... You have to have a new meter can installed by a licensed electrician. Uh, okay, well, in order to get a new meter can to function properly, I had to upgrade my panel box to 200 amp. Um, it was like 50, and there was another portion of the house that was an old knob and tube wiring. Uh, well, in order to get the new panel box, I had to pull a permit. Well, it's the 3rd of July, which means it's the 4th of July, which means all the bureaucrats are off. And then it was, a, then it was Saturday, Sunday, and then they were on skeleton crew the following week. So... I'm having trouble getting a permit. Well, then I have to have the utility company inspect the my 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 electrician's work. So then I have the city inspect the work. So then I have the utility company come turn on the juice, to then get the utilities put in my name again somehow. Um, all in a single tree, cost me two and a half weeks without power, and my residents were not very pleased by that. So I had to give them some rebate on rent, um, and it cost me over five grand. Literally just because my system was outdated and out of comp code compliance. So I was grandfathered in, but upon some sort of natural storm or damage, I now have a $5,000 uh, 4th of July present. So that wasn't very cool. So I'm a little 
nervous about government conversion um, in general. Risk number three, uh, regulation. Um, you know, depending on the system you use and how you bill back tenants, you know, assuming you bill back the usage, you know, because you don't want to just eat the cost, uh, you have to look into the regulations. Are you going to be a, quote, regulated utility? Well, you know, unlike water and sewer billback, uh, power is inherently dangerous. Um, in, util- in Missouri, where I live, utilities are regulated by the Public Service Commission, and that's not a big, that's not, that's not a small deal. You got to go in front of them for rate increases. You don't want to be regulated. I, I don't think from a rate increase perspective, you don't want to be re, you don't want to be re, uh, responsible. I don't know what kind of additional insurance that requires, but assume I assume it's considerable. So overall, just be aware of potential regulation due to these sort of utility systems. Uh, the fourth uh, key risk is maintenance. I think it's you know this is going to depend on a number of factors, including any contracts or easements that you can get in your title work. Um, you know, it's going to depend on the location and the ownership rights of systems. And then ultimately, have you or a predecessor an interest uh, overused the system or exacerbated the system? You know, for example, have you, you know, running additional wires to additional mobile homes that were not part of the original plans? Um, are you running overhead wires? Are they high enough? Um, are you running underground wires? What does that entail? Is it in conduit? You know, back in the day, I mean, I've got a park in Nebraska where electrical lines were somehow not even ran in conduit. They're just in the dirt. Well, good luck putting a shovel on the ground on that one. Or worse yet, putting uh, an auger in there to drill some concrete piers. It's a, it's a, it's a dangerous job. So uh, maintenance is an issue um, as well. The fifth key risk is what's the impact on your sale? I don't know about you, but if all else being equal, I'm going to pick the mobile home park that has a government or a quasi-government utility uh, electric system over a private utility system every day of the week. Um, it's going to, there's going to be additional regulatory burden, maintenance burden, um, perhaps staffing burden or just protection. There's going to be more expenses, frankly, on a private system, but more importantly, the, the level of risk or the undesirability in the marketplace from both a, a future buyer and a future lender perspective uh, will likely increase your capitalization rate, uh, which will, lo- will decrease your valuation. So I think uh, best, these are, these are more rare, frankly, than private water and sewer. So it's going to be harder to get uh, a deep dive into how many basis points or how much pain there is from a private electrical system. And, and similar, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to be the same with private gas system. Um, I would ask brokers and say, what do you got in the way of comps? And it's going to be, it's probably hard to find great comps, but they're probably out there. Uh, I would estimate there's at least a 50 basis point uh, pain point on a private electric system. Uh, but I would I would bet it's closer to, to 100 basis points, a full point. Uh, personally, for me, I wouldn't want to take on the extra risk for less than that. Um, and if, but, if, but if it was a good deal and the risk-reward ratio and cost-benefit analysis made it prudent to initially proceed, I would just make sure that I, you know, quote, got smart on the utility system during my due diligence. And that would mean, at a minimum, hiring a third-party electrician to diagnose the system and talking to the utility provider and likely talking to the city and likely having other mobile home parks and what do they have and if they were forced to convert and talking to my state MHA. Um, I've never never actually 
put a bid in on one of these parks. So uh, I haven't even, this is just off the cuff. I haven't even thought about all the things I'm going to, you know, all the rocks I'm going to turn over above and beyond my normal procedures. But it'll be significant. And I'm, and I have to recognize that, I, that the next guy may do something similar and may not be as hyped about this deal. So I probably got to soften my uh, pricing expectations from a refinance and a sale in the future, which will impact my pro formas and discounted cash flow analysis and all that stuff, reversion value, all that stuff for purposes of my uh, financial modeling. So again, uh, several key risks, safety, conversion, regulation, maintenance, and the impact on my valuation and sale. Till next time, Ferd Neiman signing off. Have fun. Good, uh, good night. God bless. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.